Project Taryag, day 24. We're starting with Mitzvah Kuf Mim Dalid, which is the Isser not to eat pigul. The Isser of eating pigul refers to a carbon when the coin who brought the carbon had the wrong intention in his mind when he brought the carbon. For example, every carbon has a certain amount of time in which the meat can be eaten or the emurim can be burnt in the Mizbech. And when the Kohen had in mind, when he was doing the Hakrava, when he was bringing up the carbon, that with the intention to eat the meat or to burn the fats after the allocated time, that makes the carbon into a carbon which is called pigle, unwanted. And if somebody would then eat it, he would be over on this Isser and he would get the penalty of Koris. In order to become pigle, the colonist has the intention of one of the four avoiders relating to bringing the dam, which is called the part of the carbon which causes the ritsui, which means either during the shechita or in the kabbalah, which is accepting the blood in the kli, walking into the mizbech or sprinkling it on the walls of the mizbech. And if one has intention, and the colonist have intention to do one of the avoidance which is called achila, which means either sprinkling the blood or burning the fats or for a person to eat it out of its allocated time, then it would make the carbon into pickle. The lav, the prohibition in the Torah, we learn from the Pasuk where it says, Lo ki It can't be eaten because it's kodesh. And from there we learn that anything which was kodshim and isn't right to be eaten, there's an iser on the Torah to eat it. Similarly, meat which was left beyond the time allotted to eat it, which is called Nosar, if a person would eat it beyond the allotted time, he would also be high of chorus. We learn the two from Xerashava from each other. The reason for the mitzvah, says the Chilich, like he always says that the point of Korbanus was in order to perfect and purify the thoughts of the people who are bringing the carbon. And if that's the case, that the action they were doing would inf- influence the way they were thinking. And therefore, since we see that the point of carbon was coming to perfect the person's thoughts, then a mistaken thought in the time when he was bringing the carbon would have the ability to ruin the carbon and render it invalid. The Chinuch concludes, Zedavabaru, this is something clear, Karavir Asaycha, the Moedar Emes. For a person who admits the truth, this is something which is very easy to understand. The chorus of pickle only applies to a person who eats either the meat or the amurim, whereas the person who eats the blood, which is called the matter, the, that element of the carbon, which makes the carbon mutter, so even though there's a separate iser, as we will see, for eating blood, it wouldn't fall into the category of the chorus for pickle. The din of chorus for pickle doesn't just apply to carbonus, it applies to menachis as well, and therefore if a mincha was sacrificed the Kormis was brought with the wrong intention, a person who would eat a part of the remainder of the Mincha would also be Chayev for eating Pigu. And then once again, since the Kormis is what comes to be Machshir, to make the carbon a carbon, a person would not be Chayev if he ate the Kormis. So to everything else, which doesn't have something which is matter it, the whole item is brought as the carbon, so there's no possibility of Pigu, such as the Levoina or Keteris, or those Menachos where the entire thing is burnt like the Mincha of a Koyen, 
or the log shaman of a material which was poured on his fingers and on his toe, it doesn't have a certain part of it which is mighty to the rest, and therefore there's no pigle. For the coin to have the machshava of pigle and to ruin the carbon is also a love. It says, and from that the Gemara learns that there's a warning for the person bringing the carbon, the koyen, not to have a machshavis pigle when he brings the carbon. But it's not a new love, this is considered part of the love of the Isra of pigle. However, on the love of thinking a wrong thought in the carbon, one doesn't get malchus because thought is not considered an action, and therefore it's a love shain b'mesa. The other cases of the wrong thoughts by a carbon, which also make the carbon possible, for example, when it comes to a carbon pesach or a carbon chatos, and a person has in mind that he's bringing a different kind of a carbon, that will also make the carbon possible. Or if a person intends to eat the carbon out of its allocated place, that also would make the carbon possible, even though in that case the person who eats it wouldn't be chayev chorus. The issue of eating pigle would apply when they were carbonous to both the men and to women, not many koinim, because it's also for everybody to eat. And if a person would eat a kazais of a carbon which was pigle, but made it in Bichayev Kores, Meshagir would have to bring a chatos. And there was the second point we saw, the Isser to make a carbon pigle would only apply to the koinim who would be able to bring the carbonus. Mitzakuf memhei, and that is not to eat the meat of kachim which have become tome. The Apostolic says, The meat which has touched something Tomei cannot be eaten. And same thing we learn, that if the person is Tomei, he can't eat the meat, even if the meat is tar. There's a difference between these two dinim. And that is for the person who is Tomei to eat Kachim is a chiyuv of kores. And a person who eats meat which is Tomei, he's only chayav the issue referred to here is eating the kachim when the kachim is tame. The reason for this, says the chinuch, like everything, is to show the greatness of everything involved in bringing the korbanus. And therefore, part of its distinction and importance is the fact that it won't be eaten unless it's tar and on the level of a person who's also tar and roi is able to partake of kachim. So, to it's also to cause kachim to become tame even though there's no malchus for doing that. And even those parts of the carbon which aren't necessarily edible, such as the incense which was put on the mincha, if it becomes tome, if a person eats it, he will get malchus. The din of malchus refers to something which became tome on the derisa level of tuma, which is an avatuma or a rishonle tuma. If it's only tome on the rabbinic level, so one wouldn't get malchus with derisa, but he would get the punishment rabbonin give to those who disobey the dinim derabbanan, which is called makas mardus. This issue of eating kachim, which is tamay, applies in the zman of the Besamikdash, both to men and women who would eat korbanus. And if a person would be over in this and eat meat of a carbon, which was tamay, he would get malchus. Mitzvah kuf mem vav, there's a continuation, what, one does, what does one do with the carbon which has become tamay, and there's a mitzvah to burn the flesh of the carbon which has become tamay. The apostle continues, Be'esh is sorry if it has to be burnt in a fire. And here too, the reason is to burn it in fire is that the people won't be nikshal in it. Where was it burnt? So the maskan of the Gemara is, if it became Tomei inside the base of Mikdash, it was burnt inside the base of Mikdash. If it became Tomei outside the base of Mikdash, it was burnt outside the base of Mikdash, regardless of 
how Tommy it became. It could have become an Avatumma or a Rishna Tumma. Whatever the case would be, the meat would be burnt. If it was the part of the meat of a Kachim Kalim which was given to the owner to eat and it became Tommy, then it would be his responsibility to burn it as well. The Isra, I mean the mitzvah to burn refers only to the meat of the carbon, not the bones, because they're not edible, with the exception of the carbon Pesach. Because since by the carbon Pesach there was a din that was not allowed to break the bones, therefore people were much more careful to finish every last bit of meat which is attached to the bones, or were not able to break the bones to take the marrow out from the inside, which is also called meat. And therefore there they would also have to be burnt, because there was also a din of meat on them. The Gemara lists two categories of Isurim, which the Teresa was not allowed to eat or benefit from. And the first category, the Gemara said, are all things where the Allah is they have to be burnt. And the second category is those things which have to be buried. In the category of things which have to be burnt, the Mishnah lists the meat of Kodesh, which became Tameh, or was left over a lot of time, or became Pasul, that's the first in the Pasuk. And the same would apply to a Mincha, also which became Tameh, became Pasul, or was left over its time. So to an Ashim Tali, which was brought because the owner wasn't sure if he was high of a carbon or not, and before the blood is put on the Mizbeach, he finds out that he's not high of a carbon, so then the carbon has no points, and therefore it is it's burnt, not brought on the Mizbeach. Same thing, a chatus of a bird, which is brought as a Sophic, so even though the blood can be sprinkled on the Mizbeach, one can't burn the carbon with and therefore it's burnt out of the Besa Mikdash. So too, the Pasuk says about the hair of a Nazir, who was Tahar, on the day he finishes his Naziris, he shaves his hair and he burns it. And same thing to his Surim, and that is Arla. The first three years of the tree, the fruit that produces the Arla, and Kilaya Kerem, wheat which was planted in a vineyard. The Torah says, Tukhtati Kadesh, which we learned to say, Tukhadesh, has to be burnt in fire. The second list is those things which are buried, and those are animals of Kachim which died. Not that they became possible, they died. Or a female animal which was Kodesh and it miscarried a fetus which also has Kedusha but can't be used so it's buried. Shara Niskal which means a Shara which was stoned because he killed somebody. Egla Rufa was the calf whose neck was broken because based in fans somebody who had been killed and we don't know who the Ritzach was. The birds of the Mitzayra and the hair of a Nazi who is Tameh. Same thing, a Petachamar, a first-born donkey, which wasn't redeemed, and therefore the mitzvah is to break its neck. A mixture of meat and milk. Or animals which are not kodshim, which were shechted in the Azara, and therefore also bahano. All these things have to be buried. Now, in the category of things which have to be burnt, even if you're talking about a liquid, such as wine or oil, which came from Kilea Kerem or Arla, so then they can't be burnt, at least have to be poured out. In other words, that, that person will be able to get Hanah from any of these things which are also Hanah. The mitzvah of burning Kodshim, which became Tomei, only was applicable when there was a base of English, obviously. The mitzvah applies both to Jews and to Ekoyanim. The ones which were inside the base of Migdash became Tomei would be the responsibility of the Ekoyanim. And like we saw, if uh, it would happen that the portion taken by the Jew to eat by himself became Tomei, then it was his responsibility to burn it, and if it wasn't done, then the person who was responsible and did not burn it is over on the mitzvah saseh. Mitzvah kuf is not to eat chalev. Chalev is the forbidden fats of the animal. 
And the Pasuk says, Kol chelev, shor va'ez, lo Not eat the fat of any of the domestic animals. A shor is a, a cattle, sheep, or goats. The reason for this, the Chinuch explains, like he explained before, when it came to mitzvahs of eating, and that is since a person's body acts as a kli, as a utensil for his neshama, and therefore through the body, a neshama does what it wants to do, and the ability of the neshama to act will be based on the purity or the nature of the body. Because that way the body will be more willing, more able to follow what the neshama wants from it. And therefore, says the Chinuch, a person is historically a person has to look after his body to make sure he keeps it correct, healthy and strong. So there's a physical aspect here as well. And it's known to people that the food the person eats affects his body. And certain foods can make a person healthy or can make him sick. And therefore, one of Hashem's kindnesses to us was since he chose us and he wants us to serve him, any food which is mazik the body, which ruins the body and causes illness, illness causes it to get weak, Hashem forbids us from eating. And that's what he wants to say. This applies to chaylev as well, because it's your dua that chaylev is dovek, it sticks to the internal organs, and it causes illness. And that's why the Tchinoch wants to explain why the Torah forbids us from eating these fats. The Isra only applies to the three animals the Torah mentions, Whereas other animals, such as wild animals, then there's no iser to eat the chaylev. Same, same thing, the din of chaylev doesn't apply to non-kosher animals. Even though there would be an iser of eating non-kosher, there isn't the extra din of eating chaylev. One who shechts a female animal and finds a fetus inside, so if it's not yet fully formed, its chaylev would be allowed to be eaten, but if it's already gotten to the stage where it's ready to be born, then its chaylev will be also, even if it has never walked on the ground, it's got the din of a fully developed animal. This is the opinion of the Rambam, that he holds that once it's fully formed, there's already an isur to eat its chaylev, but a number of other Yishonim argue, and they say that the chaylev of an animal which was not yet born is not yet also. The den of an unborn animal is it doesn't need to be shechted. The shechit of its mother works for it as well. And even if it would be alive and walk around, one would only need to shecht it because of Mary's eye, and it doesn't look like one's eating a nevela, an animal which was killed in another method. But really, there's no, it's already considered shechted halachically, and therefore the various restrictions which apply to shechit, such as not to hesitate or put pressure on the animal or tear the organ, the simonim, wouldn't apply over here. Now, in the Isra of Chaylev, there are three areas of fats which the Torah calls Chaylev, and this Isra applies to together with the Chi of Kores, which comes from eating Chaylev. Those are the fats which is on the Kerev, which means the fats, like the sheet of fat covering the stomachs of the animal, the fat which is on the kidneys, on the cloyus, and the fat which is on the flanks, which means the sides of the animal, which is called Araksolim. Right, and the Gemara says the symbolism of how we sell, what, how we determine what kind of fat an animal is called chaylev. Whereas chaylev, which is a boss of which means it's not an external layer, it's underneath a layer of the meat, that's mutter. Now, besides for that, there are also various uh, strings of fat which branch off from these three areas of chaylev, and they're also also. And therefore, if a person wants to remove the chaylev from the animal, 
and has to be very carefully detached and called nikur, the areas of fat which, so to speak, submerge themselves in the meat and remove them as well. Chalab only applies to the hinds, quarters of the animal, and therefore the fat around the heart in the front of the animal is not considered chalab that's allowed to be eaten. Same thing, the fat around the intestines is not called chalab. The Gemara says, except for a tafakh at the beginning of the mayai. It's not clear exactly what that means, and that is that the, the end of the, the intestines, which is next to the stomach, or the other end of the intestines, and therefore there was a reason to be careful by the chalab at both ends of the, of the intestines, that that would be what's considered also. The isra of eating chalab applies in every place and time, to both the men and the woman, and if a person does eat a gazayas of chalab, the mazer gets chorus, or will get malchus, and b'shalikah you'll have to bring a carbon chatos. Mitzvah kuf mimches, and that's a mitzvah not to eat the blood of any animal, whether it's wild or domesticated or any bird. The Pasuk says, V'chol dam lo shouldn't eat any blood. And the, the Torah repeats this many times, the Isur against eating blood. The reason, the Chinuch says like he said previously, and that is the reason for all the Macharas Asuras is because it's harmful to the person. And here he says another reason as well, and that is that it affects the person's midas, not just his body, because eating blood is a sign of cruelty. Why? It's a living creature like him, and to eat the life force of that other thing shows a certain cruelty. Because we know that animals also have a nefesh, a life force, and... Therefore, to eat a life force or something else is a certain level of cruelty. The Ramban gives a different reason for the issue to eat blood, and that is, he says, what a person eats becomes part of them. And therefore, if a person eats the blood of an animal, he'll get that nature which he picks up from the blood of the animal, which is a certain physicality, a certain, what he calls, gasus anefesh, a lack of the fineness or the elevation that a human neshama has, and it'll get influenced by the crassness of an animal neshama. The issa does not apply to the blood of fish or of locusts, the kosher locusts. One would be allowed to eat their blood. Just Chazal made the restriction that if one would have a bottle of blood from fish, since it might look to the onlooker that is drinking blood, which is also, we have to put some scales of the fish in it so the people would realize it's fish blood, which is actually allowed. The blood of non-kosher fish isn't also as blood, but it's also because it's part of something which came from a non-kosher species, and if that's the case, it would be also just like the non-kosher fish is also. The blood of a human being is not also medaraisa. Here too, Chacham said it's also because of Marius iron, who would look to the onlooker that is eating blood, and therefore if a person is bleeding in his mouth, he would be allowed to swallow the blood, no one could see that, but if human blood would come out of his mouth, let's say onto the food he was eating, he would have to take over that area of the food, which has been tainted with blood. The blood in eggs is not called the blood of a meat, and therefore, according to Sam Rishonim, the Isser doesn't apply to the blood of eggs. Ever Chachomim acid the blood of an egg which has started to form into a chick. They learned it from the den of Sheretz, a Sheretz of the Oretz, it's also some kind of creature. And therefore, since it's a Suffolk, if the egg was fertilized and is becoming starting to become a chick, they acid that blood as well. And if it wouldn't be a possibility of it being a fertilized egg, then the issue of eating the blood in the egg will only be Marius iron. And therefore, 
the Chinuch says that you can throw the bread out and eat the rest of the egg. But if it's not found on the yolk, it's found in what's called the Kesha, which is the area between the yolk and the surrounding white part of the egg, then the whole the whole egg would be also because that would be the place where if this egg would be turning into a chick, that's where it would begin to form. In the category of blood which the Torah forbids, sometimes there's an Isser Kores, and sometimes only Isser Lab. The blood which carries the life, which means the lifeblood of an animal, it's called Dama Nefesh, Zechai of Kores, and because the Torah always says that the, the blood is also because it's the Nefesh Abbasar, it's the life is in the blood. And that's the blood which comes out when the animal is shechted until it dies. The blood which is absorbed in the limbs of the animal, that's only also as a lab, there's no chorus over there. And therefore the flow of blood when the animal gets shechted or gets killed is considered dam nefesh. Same thing, the blood found in the cavity of the heart, because that's blood which is part of the circulatory system. That would be dam nefesh, which would be also. But... The blood which is found in the other organs after the shechita, such as in the spleen or the liver, that's not a dam and nefesh, and therefore there will only be malchus on that. The, the dam which is saturating the other organs, if it never came out, then it will be called part of the meat, and if that's the case, we will be allowed to eat it. But once it separates itself from the meat, now it's called blood, and therefore it will be also. And therefore, technically, one could take a piece of raw meat, wash the blood off the surface and eat it without salting it because the blood left inside would remain inside and therefore wouldn't be called blood. But if when putting it under, squeezing it or whatever is batting it, some of the blood would detach from the meat, then it would be also because now it's separate from the meat, now it's called blood. And therefore, the halacha is if a person wants to cook meat, he has to salt the meat first because the salt will extract the blood. And regardless of how thick the piece of meat is, salting on the outside, the salt will absorb and draw the blood out. And we see that however big a piece of meat there is, if one salts the outside, the taste of salt will, so to speak, make its way into the inner part of the meat as well. So there we see the salt's effect on whatever piece of meat it's going to be. Once the meat's been salted, we assume the blood's all been extracted, and therefore one can boil the meat or put it in cold water, and we don't assume that the liquid which is going to come out of the meat is still blood. Even if it has a reddish color or a tinge to it, we say that's the moel, the juice of the meat, rather than being blood. However, there are those organs where there's a very high saturation of blood, and therefore Chazal didn't want to rely on salting it to take out the blood. They want to want to roast it over a fire because the fire also draws out the blood, and that's referring to the brain or to the kidney. And therefore, the minute of cholesterol is the way to remove the blood from these organs is to roast them. And then once they've been roasted, again, we assume the blood has all been drawn out, and then one can cook them or boil them afterwards. But if a person salted the liver, and then afterwards cooked it, the chinuch paskins that he would be allowed to eat it, but obviously the chachid was not meant to do that. How does one salt meat? It's a three-stage process. First is to wash the surface blood off it, otherwise the blood is just going to get absorb the salt and it's not going to penetrate. After he's washed the outside, then he covers it with salt, not too thick salt and not too thin salt. And then he leaves it in the salt for the amount of time it takes to walk a mill, which is 18 minutes. And then after that, he has to wash it a second time to wash off the blood which has been absorbed in the salt. When a person leaves it in the salt, he has to leave it in a place where he gives the blood which is drawn out a place to drain away. If it will be left in a bowl, in something where it's going to sit in its own blood, then it's going to 
so to speak, reabsorb the blood which came out of it. Once one has washed off all the salt afterwards and the water is clear, then we assume the blood has all been extracted. If a person left the meat in the salt for too long, nothing's going to happen because the principle is as long as it's drawing out from the meat, it doesn't go, it doesn't change direction and bring the blood back into the back, back into the meat again. Opinion of the chinuch is for up to 12 hours, the salt will be drawing out moisture from the meat and therefore it won't be putting the blood back into the meat. But after that amount of time, so then the, the salt will reverse the process and so to speak reintroduce the blood back into the meat again. And if that's the case, one would have to cut off the surface layer of the meat because you assume it's been resaturated with the blood. And we don't assume on the way back that the blood will go further than just the surface which is touching the salt. Alternatively, one could roast the meat because the koyach of the fire can also extract the blood from the meat. There are also restrictions about salting two different kinds of foods together because one might finish the process of removing the blood before the other one and then start to absorb from the other. And this issue of eating blood applies in every place and time, both the men and the women. A person who does eat blood, if he eats a kazayish or dama nefesh, b'meizu is chayav kores, b'shoeg you have to bring a carbon, and if you ate a kazayish or dama evorim, which means the blood in the organs, b'meizu get malchus, and b'shoeg it could be potter.